Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful, charming city of angels. Hopefully you are well. We are. We're doing great, man. We're ready. We're, what, a week away from Christmas? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Great stuff for you today. Phenomenal show. Okay, so I've been searching for an answer to a, a, uh, a quandary, a question I've had all football season long. Like sometimes, oftentimes there are logical solutions as to what logical reasons as to why. Like, like people will ask Deshaun Watson before he tore his ACL. Like, well, why didn't Deshaun Watson win the job? And why didn't they run that college offense they're running when he first came to the Houston Texans? And my guess would be that Bill O'Brien 
figured, one, you can get your star player hurt. Secondly, like, look, the offense that they've always run, that he's always operated in, Bill O'Brien I'm talking about, was the one they drafted Watson in. Anyone have to change? They wanted Watson to evolve to that. And he just wasn't ready. By the time he was ready, he had some stunning success. They scrapped their plan for the original offense. They tried to work it on the fly. He ultimately got hurt. And now they're stuck with um, multiple offenses, if you will. Like, there's, there's usually logic and reason behind stuff. I have questions, and I try to figure out why. Like, it's hard. People ask all the time, why don't they simply give teams a bye before the Thursday night game? That way there's no complaining about a short week. The problem is that some teams are locked into Thursday night games. The Super Bowl team, Super Bowl champion team usually plays on the first Thursday night. And then you have the three games on Thursday, which are the Thanksgiving games. That's at least seven teams, if not eight, that are already locked in. And so there's kind of a a cosmic juggling act between Thursday games and you have the Saturday games late in the year. You got all sorts of problems. So I look at it and I'm like, there's got to be logic and reasoning behind a lot of stuff. And I finally found the answer to why Pittsburgh, in spite of all of their talent, and they have an immense amount of talent on that roster. Of course, that roster is not as talented now. Uh, because of injury. Antonio Brown won't play the rest of the regular season. Ryan Shazier, who did, who was at the game, doesn't appear to be mobile as of this point. So we don't know if and when Shazier will ever return to the National Football League. Even with that, you still have Martavis Bryant. You still have Le'Veon Bell. You still have Ben Roethlisberger. You still have Mike Pouncey, David DeCastro. Um, you still have a ton of other... Juju Smith-Schuster, who, of course, is awesome on special teams as well as a second or third wide receiver. Defensively, you still have T.J. Watt. You still have uh, Cam Hayward. Like, there's still a lot of star players. So when you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, you remember they struggled with Cleveland week one. All right, it's early in the year. You lost to Chicago. Okay, they had just gotten Le'Veon Bell back, and he still only had 61 yards rushing. They lost to Jacksonville. Turns out Jacksonville's pretty good. And though they went on a winning streak where they won nine consecutive games, they barely beat Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. They barely beat Indianapolis without Andrew Luck. They barely beat Cincinnati, who stinks. They barely beat Baltimore and gave up 38 points to Baltimore. And they lost to the New England Patriots in a game in which, frankly, I do believe that was that should have been a catch. It should have been a touchdown as well, but the rules worked against them. In spite of that, they had many other opportunities to win that football game. And so the question becomes, how can a team so talented and in many ways successful, right? They only have three losses on this entire season. They're 11 and three. How can they not be better? How can they not be dominant? Why are there not more blowouts like the Tennessee game? I think we have our answer. You ready for it? All right, Ben Roethlisberger was on KDKA. That's a local radio station. He makes a weekly appearance, and he had this to say about the end of the game. So I was yelling, clock, clock, clock. Guys were getting set, 
And then it came through my headset, Ben, don't clock it, run a play, run a play. And in that moment, as I'm thinking in my head, do I spike it, do I not? I wish I would listen to my gut now. Obviously, in hindsight, I'll take the blame for the interception at the end of the game. You know, I wish that I would have, um, you know, maybe mentioned that to coach. Said, hey, there's nothing got brought up. I, you know, hindsight on a lot of situations here at the end, I wish we would have. I wish we would have called two plays. I wish we would have had two ready to go. Yeah, that, that did not sound like being personally accountable, did it? Like, he just kind of threw in, like, look, I'll take the blame for the exception. That one's totally on me, but I wish these guys had listened to me because my idea was better. All right, so let's listen now to the head coach, Mike Tomlin, who was on the same show earlier today. Excuse me, at a press conference earlier today, and he had this statement about the exact same situation. There's no script for those moments. There's always latitude, professional latitude, particularly that goes with being a veteran quarterback in those circumstances. He is on the field. He is inside the helmet and on the field with those guys. He has a feel of what's transpiring on the field that we on the sideline and in the booth do not have. So that's just normal operating procedure. We call plays all the time that he may change at the line of scrimmage based on game circumstances or, or, or what he sees. What Mike Tomlin is saying is, Look, Ben, if you wanted to clock it, you could have clocked it. You're Ben effing Roethlisberger. Even though, I mean, truth be told, a wide receiver through the be- in his first Super Bowl win, he actually had the lowest pass rating of any quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. All that gets lo- lost. Nobody cares. Antoine Rendell actually threw the best pass in that Super Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nonetheless, he won two Super Bowls. You were the franchise quarterback. People were begging you to not retire last year. You have 10-plus years of credibility. I'm not saying it's a good idea to run your own stuff, but you've done it before. So if you wanted to clock it, you could have clocked it. If you wanted him to run a fade, you could have run a fade. If you wanted him to run a stop and go, you could have run a stop and go. If you wanted to just throw it away because you didn't like the look, you could have thrown it away because you didn't like the look. Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin are not on the same page. Roethlisberger refuses to really take responsibility for the interception. And Mike Tomlin, while taking, uh, while taking um, credit for what went wrong, has said, like, look, I wouldn't change anything. We're going for the win. Yes, yeah, we want to do. We allow him professional latitude. Like, I don't love when businesses all kind of say the same thing about the same situation. I don't love that, but you know what it does? It shows a united front, right? It doesn't matter if it's politics, if it's big business, or if it's even just kind of your family and how you answer questions about, Hey, where is uncle Jimmy? Uh, you had to meet met beforehand. Uncle Jimmy's spending time on the farm this Christmas, even though everybody knows uncle Jimmy's up serving five to 10. He had that stuff on his computer, Right. Like, you got to present a united front. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are clearly not a united front. Ben Roethlisberger saying, like, look, I'll admit it. I threw the interception on the play. I didn't want to run. I wish, I really, really wish I would have done what I wanted to do. But I did what they wanted to do. And that's why I threw the interception. Because I'm a team player. That's like the least team player attitude in team player statement maybe of all time. Meanwhile, Mike Tomlin's like, he's Ben Roethlisberger. He didn't want to do it. He didn't have to do it. And 
And then I, I looked at, we've been trying to figure out all year. I've been pointing this out all year that I get how I'm supposed to like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm supposed to like their ability to beat the New England Patriots. I really am. But there's something about them that's off. And I, I thought back to a statement that Jimbo Fisher, who's now the head coach of Texas A&M, he left Florida State. And you're like, why would you leave Florida State? Perennial power in the ACC, in the state of Florida, to go to Texas A&M, who's really the second best, second biggest name program in the state of Texas, and have to start all over. Why would you do that outside of money, which is huge money, $75 million over 10 years? There was this interesting soundbite. I say this all the time in coaching. You can have Vince Lombardi, Tom Landry, Chuck Noel. You can have the greatest coaches in the world. But if your administration doesn't see things in the way you see things and allow you to do things that way, nothing can be achieved. I mean, like, whether it's coaches and administrators or coaches in front offices in the NFL, whether it's players and their coaches, players and the front office, if, you, if you're not all pulling in the same direction, well, then you're destined to never achieve your ultimate potential. And that's what it feels like with the Steelers team. The Steelers have been put together and they have plenty of talent, maybe not without Shazier and not without Antonio Brown, but they should be better. And the only logical conclusion as to why they're not better is the fact that their quarterback and their head coach aren't even on the same page two days removed from their biggest regular season game of the season. Of course, there's Todd Haley, who Ben Roethlisberger has never been shy to say they don't always see eye to eye with. Well, there's your answer. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Kobe was the best player on his last two championship teams. Like, a lot of things kind of had to go his way. And uh, he didn't play great in the NBA Finals. He shot the ball a lot. Like he was the alpha, but he wasn't a great alpha. Um, I would probably, if I revisited, put him right there at like 10. I mean, Kobe was an 11-time first-team All-NBA player. He was a tremendous scorer. He was fearless defensively, fearless offensively. But, like, look, if we want to tell the entire story, he did quit on his team against Phoenix. He did want to be traded. He, he did do the him or me with Shaq, and they traded away Shaq, right? You know, he, he he couldn't play for anybody, couldn't win for anybody except for Phil Jackson. Um, and late in his career, no one wanted to play with him because he was unwilling to be a secondary or even, you know, third. He was he would never do what Dwayne Wade is doing right now with LeBron James. And so I do think that takes some of the luster off his star. I look to me, he is the Derek Jeter of the Lakers, right? That they won, and he gets credit for being clutch, but a little bit more credit than he really deserves, much like Derek Jeter. Like, look, Derek Jeter was a 275 hitter and a 275 hitter in the playoffs. Same guy. He made some great plays. He didn't make all the great plays. And, you know, Derek Jeter would not have won five World Series if not for Marion Rivera, not for the incredible starting pitching. He wouldn't have won his last World Series, not for Alex Rodriguez. And I think you could say the same for, for Kobe, like not for Ron Artest and Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom. Like I don't, Kobe wouldn't have won those last two titles. Derek Fisher and some of the miracle shots he had, Robert, big shot, Bob, Robert Ory, like great role players. So do I think, am I willing to consider him the closest thing to Jordan since Jordan? 
Absolutely. I'm totally cool with that. More so than Tracy McGrady, who couldn't get out of the first round, than Vince Carter, who seems to want to play forever. Right? Like, he's the closest thing to Jordan. But there's a sizable gap between him and Jordan. As opposed to LeBron being the closest thing to Magic Johnson, many of the things LeBron does better than Magic Johnson. I can't say that about Kobe. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. You know, that's my boy, Connor Barwin's my boy. Although now we live close, although he he lives in a place where you can see the water. I think I know where he lives because I troll him on uh, Instagram, but I don't know because I haven't actually been invited over. Uh, we drive we drive a car from the same company. Like we're we're, we're like we're like we want I want to be best friends with Connor Barwin, but he has offered no desire to be best friends with me. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing? Good. Uh, was there a statement in that statement when like that felt like a purposeful ass whooping? That's what it felt like to to those of us watching. Well, it was it was a dominating performance by us uh, for you know the entire game and all three phases of the game, and it was. Um, you know, I, I haven't played this division, but I think it was especially special for the guys that have uh, been in this division for a while to go get that type of victory in Seattle. Um, you had a you had a, a a plate put in your arm, right? Like, so so take me through this sur- surgical procedure that you had done. Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy actually. So we played the Saints at home, I think, three weeks ago, and I dove to make a tackle on Kamara. And I broke my forearm, just kind of fractured the arm in the arm. And just how crazy and unbelievable the NFL is. I, I did that at about, I don't know, 2.30 on Sunday. I was out of surgery by like 10 a.m. Monday morning with a plate and six screws in my arm uh, to kind of hold the bone together. And then they sat me out the Cardinals game, the Phillies, or the Eagles game. And then I came back and played last week. So pretty amazing uh, work by our medical team. Yeah, and in the process of that, you also found out, congratulations, you guys are having a boy, right? Yes, thank you, yeah. Uh, my wife is pregnant, and we found out about a week or two ago that we're having a boy. Uh, to my surprise, I have all I have all boys in my family. My brother has boys. Everybody's going to be a boy. And I was convinced I was going to have the girl. So uh, as you saw in my Instagram video, I was completely shocked that it was uh, going to be a boy. Listen, you, you've done a lot of great things in your life, right? I mean, played college basketball and football. You've made it to all these different, you made it, you've had several different kind of incarnations of your football life, you know, uh, in, yeah, in yeah. Philly last year, in Houston before that, you know, kind of all over this league. What's that moment though like when you're like, you're having a, having a boy? It, it was unbelievable. I mean, if, if anybody follows me on Instagram or doesn't, you can see, uh, I was like screaming like a girl and I've never done that in my football career as many, you know, joyful moments I've had. Um, but I was so excited. My wife's, um, healthy and everything looks good so uh we're very we're very lucky and very excited that's cool and plus your son will be able to play with sean McVay. they're gonna be you know he's only a couple years younger <laughs> well it, sean McVay will definitely still be coaching uh, if my son ever turns out to be a good athlete that's for sure uh <laughs> connor barwin joining us in the doug gottlieb show it's interesting so you're in, like the surgical repair of your injury is in many ways similar to what they did to Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know if you saw this, knew, knew this, but they're going to shut Rodgers down. Like, that's a weird deal, right? Like, comes back, plays one game, they're like, eh, we're out of the playoffs. Uh, why don't you sit the rest of the season? What's your reaction to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's different. Uh, you know, his was the column. I don't know all the details about uh, exactly his break. I mean, my break was clean. The bone wasn't displaced. That means it wasn't like... His was uh, displaced. 
yeah, his was displaced, so that that makes it a little bit harder. But um, obviously, if I if I'm you know you know a football guy, a guy comes back and then decides he's done because they're out of the playoffs, that's a little weird uh, for me because we're all trained to you know give everything out every week, no matter what the situation is. But he's a quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. He's you know the best in the league, if not the best. So um, the Green Bay Packers obviously have to be smart and think long term. Okay, so when you sign with this team, we had you on. And I don't remember if it was this radio show or the other radio show. I, I don't. I, I actually don't remember the timing of it. But we had you on, and you were like hopeful, and you're like, "Look, Wade's there, and I'm one of Wade's guys, and he's bringing me in, and we're going to turn this thing around." Did you? I mean, honest to God, did you think it would be possible you guys would be this good this soon? No, I didn't really think so. To be completely honest with you, but I didn't know anything coming in here. All I knew was Wade. You know, when we talked, all I knew was Wade was here. I know what his track record was, and I knew I was joining a very talented defense that had been pretty damn good the last couple of years. I didn't know much about the offense. I knew they were the worst in the league the last couple of years. I didn't know much about Sean except for going against him uh, when he was in Washington, which he was a huge problem for us. So I did did have a lot of respect for him. And then obviously I knew they had the number one number one pick. So uh, I was there was a lot of reasons why I came here, but I didn't I didn't know we would uh you know beat Seattle. 47 to 7 in week 15 or whatever it was. But it's more like you look up at the scoreboard. You guys are up 40 to nothing. And sometimes scores are not indicative of the game, right? Like things can get away from you. You get behind, you start throwing picks. But that that score wasn't I watched the game. You guys just whooped whooped them. They, like they couldn't block you. They couldn't tackle. Uh they couldn't you couldn't tackle you guys. They couldn't stop you and uh nor you know nor could they stop you from getting to Russell and Russell looked confused. He looked frustrated and it was like Wow, it really is a whooping. Um, let, let's start with your defensive front. How much of it was is Aaron Donald and that press rush, and how much of it is the issues that they're having in their offensive line? Well, I think they've they, they've got some injuries uh, at offensive line, but uh, you know they had given up seven sacks in the last month combined, and we got seven uh, in three and a half in three quarters. So uh, obviously, Aaron Donald has a huge is a huge part of that, um, and really. You know, all four of us up front, and a couple guys that rotated with us up front. We had a great game plan. A lot of us are, you know, Aaron makes a lot of us better, uh, but we just executed the game plan and we were disruptive. And on the back end, we did some things that really frustrated Russell uh, and made him hold the ball even longer. All right. Um, so now you guys have won the division. You guys are in the playoffs. Um, we were talking about this earlier. Like you've been through this a lot. Like how much do you guys do you need to play? How much does Aaron Donald need to play so that you're sharp, but you're also like not being injured is as much a factor in who wins as how good you actually are. Having been a veteran, like what's your what's your thoughts on how much you play some of your best players? Well, I, well, first we haven't won the division yet. Um, we have to win uh, this Sunday, or to win one of the last two, um, and then there's you know we want to win the last two. Uh, but aren't you guys wait? Brother. Aren't you guys two games up on them, and you beat them in head to head twice? No, they beat us the first time. Oh, uh, that's right. Cooper Cooper dropped Cooper dropped the ball. That's right in the first one. Yeah, yeah. We had we had five turnovers and, and uh you know, we lost sixteen to ten. But uh yeah, so we need to win one more down here. We 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 go win in Tennessee this Sunday, then we'll division well win the division. But uh you know, as a defensive player, I like to play, I like to keep playing. Um, you know, obviously at the end of the game. We we've had three or four games where we pulled our starters in the fourth quarter, um, which makes a big difference. I mean, we only played you know, three quarters on, on Sunday against the Seahawks. So, you know, I think we're getting healthy. Uh, and I think you want to keep playing guys down the stretch. Did you have fun? 
We're having a great time, man. It's it's perfect right now. Uh, you know, there's a lot left to go. I mean, we're happy about Sunday, um, but we got bigger goals. I mean, what we want to you know win these last two and make a run here in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't know where does this rank in terms feel wise of teams that you've played on. Is this the best team you've played on at this point in the season? Yeah, I went. I, we won the division in Houston bunch of times. Um, a couple times we won the division my first year in Philly. Um, but just being completely honest, this feels like the best team. And we were, I think it's, I said when I got here, it's the best overall coaching staff I've ever been on. And I still believe that. Um, and then I think overall in all three phases of the game, um, I think this is the most complete team I've ever been on. What is, what is it about this coaching staff that impresses even somebody as bright as you? Well, I think, I think it starts with, uh, Sean McVay and the way he takes control of the team and the way he communicates. And then obviously what he does on offense. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. It's just something about the group of coaches. They all work together well. Um, there's no egos. They communicate well with, with the players. Uh, and everything, and you, you say this about teams, or all teams should say this, but it really, I believe it to be true in L.A. right now, that everybody only cares about winning and doing what they can to win. Uh, it's making a difference. Yeah, it's it's pretty, pretty outstanding to watch. Um, how does your arm feel? Like, does it, like you said, like for people who are just joining us, Carter Barwin joining us, he told us a story a month ago, broke his arm. Like it was a clean break, not in displaced. Uh, that weekend has surgery. They put a plate in, they put some screws in, and then he's out and then sits out for two games, plays this past weekend, complete whooping of the Seattle Seahawks. So now that you played in live game action, how does it actually feel? It feels good. Uh, you know, it feels fine. The only thing they worry about is taking a direct hit to it. So I wear kind of a, a little cast on it. Um, but that's the only, I, I have no pain with it moving it around. Um, the only issue is if I'm playing, if, you know, I get a helmet or, or a cleat or something, a real violent hit right on where the plate is, it could move the screws around. But I wear a plate, and it, it didn't affect me at all on Sunday when I played. All right, a couple other questions here. Uh, you're, you're, uh, you, you pledged, uh, the, what's the, 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 the campaign you have to raise money for Houston Food Bank with each tackle? So, like, this is important. you gotta get, you got to get more tackles to pledge more money. I know. I was bummed I had to miss those two games, so I made sure I was, I was back this last week. But, yeah, I'm, uh, people can can go online and pledge with me, but uh, trying to raise money for the Houston Food Bank for everything that happened to Houston, I'm pledging $50 for every tackle, uh, and people can go on and pledge anywhere from you know a dollar to $50 to $100, whatever, whatever they want. Okay, so you guys play on Christmas Eve. You're flying home that night. Um I don't. I don't know if you're, is your bride. I don't think she's listening. We're not on in LA unless she's listening on Sirius XM. What are you getting her? I'm not telling you what I'm getting her, but I I, I have work to do to her holidays every year because I have Christmas and her birthday is is four days later on the 29th. So, but the good news is I'm already all taken care of. Uh, I've got Christmas and her birthday taken care of, so I'm all set. All right, you're you're all set. Uh, how are you on names? I um I got like three or four. If you you want to send me any recommendations, uh, I'm taking them right now for the next couple months. I guess. Okay. Is it is it going to be like some strong like Thor? Is it going to be like some big meathead meatball name, or is it? Because I always advise people on this, like take like Wolfgang and take like Bob and meet somewhere in the middle, right? Like you don't want it to be so far out there. Like who is it whose kid's name is Apple? Like you don't want that. Gwyneth Paltrow's name kid's name Apple, right? And being out in Los Angeles now, you don't want an apple, right? You don't want a, uh, you don't want Godot to be your kid's name. But if you get somewhere kind of in the middle of the two, is that what you're thinking? Are you thinking last names as first names? Like, give me. Well, give- well, well. My, I'm not going with what I think is kind of trendy right now. Is what my brother did. His his two kids' names are are Henry and Hugh Lincoln. So he's like pretty strong 
names. Um, so I'm not going that route. My wife cares about like how it sounds, and I don't know the aesthetic of the name. I kind of tend to maybe having names with a little bit more meaning. Yep. Maybe family names, or yep. they mean something, have some purpose behind it. So we're going to try to find a balance in there. Okay. Uh, last thing: uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, Grinch that stole Christmas, or um, uh, Elf. Chris, Christmas Elf. Christmas story. Ooh, Elf. Okay. Elf. We'll throw Elf in there as well. One, two, three, four. Christmas viewing. Go. Uh, are you asking me what's my favorite? No, just, yeah, yeah, one, two, three, four. Four, Elf, Elf's my favorite. So, no, no, I mean, just rank them one, two, three, four. So, Elf would be one. <laughs> oh, my bad. Uh, elf would be one. What are the, what are the other, what are the other ones? Well, yeah, Christmas Story, right? That's the, the, that's the one where the, with the, Yeah, yeah, I know Christmas Story. Okay, yeah. there's, uh, Grinch that stole Christmas, the original one, not the Jim Carrey one, the cartoon one. Well, and well. then Charlie Brown Christmas, which, the animation's not I'll that go good. To, I'll go Chris, I'll go Christmas Story. Then Charlie Brown and then the Grinch. All right. All right, listen, man. I'm really happy, uh, mostly for your life, right? Like your life is great, and then also you're on an awesome football team and you're back healthy, so that's also good. You're going to have the merriest of Christmas. Good luck in Tennessee, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Hey, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Doug. All right, that's uh, Connor Barwin joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, we got some we got some breaking news. Dan Byer, what do you got? Breaking news from Fox Sports. I guess, Doug, it was just one and done as the Green Bay Packers have announced that Aaron Rodgers has been placed on injured reserve, ending his season in a corresponding move. They've signed quarterback Joe Callahan. So Aaron Rodgers done for the season as the Packers were eliminated from the playoff push last night with the Falcons win over the Buccaneers. Hmm. Okay. So, look, they're eliminated. No sense in playing him. If this was the Giants, people would freak out, right? Right, the giant, the people freak out. They're like, "What? Are you kidding me? You're not playing Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers is awesome." Packers are like, "Why are we going to throw him out there? He got a hit. He's got a broken collarbone. We know he's awesome. We got to get better players around him. By the way, we'll give Brett Hundley a couple more games to start. See, maybe we can drive up his trade value, or maybe we'll keep him. We got him one more year under club control. Yeah, go ahead." So this is what seems weird to me, and maybe you don't actually know the answer, but I just feel like it's the type of thing that comes to like fans' minds. He came back from injury and played, mm-hmm. so therefore he's healthy. Can you just put anyone you want on injured reserve and just like, yeah, no, we tell, we're telling you he's not hurt. Yeah, as long as you pay him. Okay, I just find I mean, that you really... Can say, you can say like he's got a sore, whatchamacallit. He listed as a sore whatchamacallit. Yeah, you cannot. You can do healthy scratches. You absolutely do healthy scratches. Um, it sounds like Ryan's concerned if he had enough sick days left to take off the last two weeks. If that's no, I just feel like you know, because like in the NBA, people are always like, "Oh, you're just resting to tank," and it's like been a big thing for NBA players. Like if you're healthy, they want you to play. And I just find it weird that Aaron Rodgers, being one of the most popular players in the league. Came yeah. back, played a game, and now they're like, ah, by the way, we're going to put him back on the shelf because he's on the injured reserve. I just find that to be a little weird, especially when everyone's talking about this whole tanking versus non-tanking thing. Yeah, I mean, I think they can protect themselves by going like, look, he's not fully healthy. He wasn't really ready. Um, you know, he wasn't really ready. We don't want to put him in harm's play. He takes on the Vikings. They're really good. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I feel bad for Rodgers because... He did everything right to come back, and he didn't play that well. And by his own accounts, like he didn't, 
he didn't play as well as he wanted to play. But I would also put, and, and what's interesting about, like, here's the juxtaposition of, of he and Ben Roethlisberger. If you watched Aaron Rodgers' press conference, you watched them play, like, the, the Packers were actually running the football fairly well. And yet they, they, they reverted back to the, like, let's just snap at Aaron Rodgers and everybody try and get open. Right? Like, go long. Like, it is backyard football. Like, go long unless Aaron Rodgers winks at you and then don't go long. Right? Like, that's really seemingly their game plan. So the coaching staff and play callers did him no favors. And yet, at the end of the game, did you hear him say, like, man, we should have run the ball more? Nope. He's like, should have played better. Those are throws I usually make, and I didn't. Whereas Roethlisberger, like, he throws a pick at the end of the game. He's like, I wanted to clock it, but they wouldn't listen to me. So I ran their stupid play, and then I threw a stupid interception. Such a team guy. My bad on the interception. It was their fault. So, uh, anyway. Yeah, that's not surprising, though, right? Why would you throw your quarterback out there last two weeks of the season anyway? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Garrett Selk joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Movie guy, uh, Netflix guy, Amazon Prime guy. What kind of guy are you? Uh, more of a Netflix guy. Uh, currently, have you? what was the last thing you binged on? Ooh, uh, I didn't really binge on it. I only watched like the first two episodes, but uh, Black Mirror. What is it? Black what? Black Mirror. Is it good? Uh, it's weird. It's very weird. Um, it kind of it kind of shows. I guess uh, it's like a very artistic um, uh, rendering of uh, what was that old show? Uh, Twilight Zone, right? Uh, is it kind of like Twilight Zone? Twilight Zone, yeah, 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 yeah. Twilight Zone, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's kind of like that, but it's a uh, new age, you know. Yeah, black black mirror. Okay, I have black not mirror. Yeah, did you like? I don't. I struggle to sleep after things like that. Like, are you good? Like, and then I was I was actually explaining this to my wife. I have three kids. Daughters are eleven. Little boys eight. Now I can't watch like even uh, SUV Law and Order SUV. Like I can't watch Crimes Against Women anymore. Like, ooh, I don't have the stomach for it. Uh, any trouble sleeping after it? Uh, no, no, I. Uh, not really. Um, I definitely wouldn't watch that show. I don't have kids. It's probably not the most appropriate show. Um, yeah, I, I but, watched, uh, I watched two episodes of Bloodline or three episodes of Bloodline. I liked it, but then I just kind of, okay. I just kind of fell off. I thought it was pretty good. Garrett Selk joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox sports radio. Uh, of course, football family dude's an absolute stud and you're playing with it with a new quarterback. Um, when you guys traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, I want your honest, what was your honest reaction when people, your friends are texting you and you start talking about having Jimmy Garoppolo? You know, I was excited. Um, you know, when, when Tom was out for uh, a couple games and, and he was in, I thought he played really well. Um, you know, other than that, I didn't know much about him. Um, I was excited to, to get to meet him, um, get to know him more on a personal, uh, you know, basis and as a teammate. And uh, he hasn't disappointed at all. So I think he's a great guy. Okay, so when was the moment that you're like, all right, this is it's interesting to where, all right, we got our guy. Like, he's he's the guy. When, when, when was that? Did you remember the moment? Uh, you know what? I would say probably the first game that he, that he played when we played the Bears. Um, 
I, I thought he, I, you know, as soon as we got rolling, um, just kind of who he was in the huddle and, and uh, um, just the place he was kind of making, I was like, all right, this dude's for real. This dude's legit, you know, like in practice, you know, that's different. You know, you get to see a guy, uh, but you don't know till you know, game time. And uh, he showed up and that's kind of what I knew. Yeah. Uh, when did you, so one day in, in our uh, team meeting and then it just kind of stuck. Why did he come up with it in team meeting? Uh, well, I just made a couple of plays, you know, back to back. And uh, I don't know. He just said sell it time. And then, uh, you know, guys started, the guys liked it and uh, they just started rolling with it. So now you become kind of that guy, right? Even I think even Jimmy uh, Garoppolo said, like, you become that guy, that third t- third down guy. Like, all of a sudden, to, to go from, uh, I don't want to say journeyman or whatever, but to becoming kind of Selick time, like, all right, we got to play. What's, what, what's that kind of metamorphosis, kind of transformation like for you? You know, I, I, I want the team to be able to count on me, you know, in, you know, in important situations. Um, you know, I want to be that guy. And so, uh, you know, you know, guys always just joke around like, um, it's like the, the, the boost button, uh, in blitz. Um, I love but I just, I, I don't, I don't really think of it, um, uh, as anything, you know, special. I just, honestly, I'm just, uh, a guy just out there trying to do my job and, and, uh, trying to give everybody the best that I have. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of people who have raved about Kyle Shanahan's offense. Some that he couldn't always use with RG three. We saw it help lead uh, the Falcons to the Super Bowl last year. What What have you found to be the difference in Kyle's offense as opposed to other offenses you've operated in? Um, man, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I I think Kyle. Um, he kind of looks at the game as like a chess match, you know? Um, and I, I, maybe I, I didn't notice it in other offenses that I've been in. Um, but Kyle, you know, I, I feel like he just, um, he approaches it like a chess match, you know, like this guy makes this move. Like he's always like two steps ahead of everybody. That's what I feel like he is. Um, and it's, it's cool, you know, seeing that. I think he's a very smart, very smart coach. You know, there, there, there is though. Sometimes when you come in as a young coach, and you got some, and you guys have a lot of young players too, but you got old kind of veterans. You know, they're like, well, "Who the hell is this guy?" You know, he thinks he's super smart. Like, how has he handled the fact that he's a young coach and he has a reputation, comes from a football family? Like, how's he? How, how does he handle all that so that the older guys do respect him without him, without a sense of kind of arrogance and entitlement? Well, you just got to be a good leader. You have to have those leadership qualities. And uh, that's exactly what Kyle has. Um, you, you can't ever, you can't come in front of you know a bunch of guys and expect to um, you know to have their respect right off the bat. And I think he has built that up, you know, over OTAs and over camp. Um, but you know, he is, he's just the type of guy when he first came in. Um, he just had those leadership and commanding qualities that everybody just kind of just you know accepted and and gravitated toward right away. Um, and I think that's, you know, what makes a good coach. Garrett Selleck joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. He's got more touchdown receptions this year than any other point in his career. I don't know if you're paying attention, but the Niners have actually won three in a row, won four of their last five. 
you do real you guys do realize that this is a bad thing, right? Like it's good to win, but you're hurting your draft position. What are you guys doing winning these games? Um, you, you know, we're not thinking about stuff like that. Um, winning is the only thing that matters to us right now. Um, and, and we're, I think we're still trying to figure out, you know, who we are as a team. And, uh, you know, now that, you know, we've got a, another component, you know, Jimmy adds to the team, um, you know, we're still trying to figure this all out. And the only way you can figure that out is, um, by everybody just, Given everything, you know, given it all they got um, in these games, um, and you know, we want to win. We're tired, you know. We were tired of losing, you know, first nine games, and uh, yeah, it's just. I mean, no one likes to lose, so it's, it's you. We have to win. No question. That's, all, that's I mean, that's that's the only answer. No, I know, I know, I know. Like, like we sit here as fans, we're like, dude, what are they doing? But I can also see you find somebody who likes to lose, and you found a, yourself a losing football player. Uh, Garrett, Selleck, yeah. Garrett Selleck joining us, tight end, San Francisco 49ers. We've seen now Jesse James. We've seen Austin Safarian Jenkins. We see many players that play essentially your position, pass-catching, uh, kind of hybrid type of wide receiver, tight end player. We've seen you guys uh, be on the wrong side of this rule where you have to complete the process. So, uh, obviously, let, let's start with we know what the rule is. How does that change what you do when you catch a football as opposed to when you maybe first came in the league when you're first playing the position? Uh, uh, well, I mean, my, my the way my coach always teaches it is, um, you know, catch the ball first. Don't don't worry about you know the yard second because um, it doesn't matter. The yards don't matter if you don't catch the ball. Um, like Jesse James, I mean, he, I mean, that's really unfortunate um how that all you know worked i don't necessarily agree with it i in my mind that's a touchdown in 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 my eyes um but you know rules are the rules um you know in my position i you know some guys are different i probably wouldn't have done that i would have you know tucked the ball in um and then like you know through my body over the line. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. I don't know. That, that's good. I like that. So you, you catch it and you just kind of, then you like almost jump backwards to get over the line, but then yeah, while cradling you, you, the football. You, yeah. You see too many of these, um, too many things like this happening, you know, guys extending the ball, uh, for the pylon and then it gets knocked out. Um, you know, you, the only time you ever do something like that in this situation is a fourth down and you need to score. That's in my mind. That's, that's the only time you ever do something like that. Other times you got to protect the ball, um, you know. So I mean that that was unfortunate, you know. Um, but you know, rules are rules. Rules, rules are rules. Uh, uh, Garrett Selick joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. You've been around uh, with the with the Niners since 2012, so you've seen um, kind of the peak and now the the tailing off of the Seahawks. To see what the Rams did, to be in this division, to play those teams twice. And look, I know that the Rams, even when they had no offense, which were still playing the Seahawks close, beat the Seahawks, even going back to last year at home. Uh, but they were up 40 to nothing on the Seahawks. How do you guys in that division react to the sudden change atop the division? Um, I mean, I think there's something, you know, there's something wrong, you know, when when a team gets beat that bad, um, something's not, not meshing, um, whatever that may be, you know. Players, coaches, whatever it is, something must not be going well because um, 
when I look at a team like that, I don't, I don't ever picture, you know, them getting beat like that. Um, but hey, any given Sunday, you know, that can happen. Um, so yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't, I don't know what's going on. Last thing, uh, Selick, you had six kids, right? Six kids in your family. Selick, Selick. Uh, there, there's five of us. Five, there's five of us. Five kids. Okay. So I mean, that's a that's a big that's a big Christmas. That's a lot of presents. Yeah. Best present you ever got at Christmas time? Uh, I would say a go kart. We yeah. got a go kart one year, and uh, one go kart. There's yeah. five kids. One go kart. No, we got we had two of them. Nice we races. Had, we had two of them. Yeah, and so uh, they they were there more than just go karts. They were almost like kind of like dune buggies, and uh, we would just you know just crush them through the snow. And uh, that those we had a lot of fun on those when we were kids. Who was better, you at, you or Brent at racing the go karts? Oh, me. He he would always get. We would have races, and I'd always win, and and he would get upset with me saying I was reckless. But I said, hey, Rubin's racing. <laughs> Rubbin, Rubbin is racing. All right, so are you given yeah. any? You given any of these? Uh, I, I know you do a, a ton with the Forty Niners uh, Youth Foundation program. You given any of those kids um, go karts? Go karts. Uh, that would that would be stepping up to a whole other level. You're like, yeah, I was thinking more like video games, but go karts. Yeah. It's a different level. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, that's a little bit uh, beyond my reach for right now. All right. Well, you listen. You can't keep catching. Keep stick close to Garoppolo. I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. He's going to get paid and become his like go-to Selleck time guy. Come up with a. You got. You already got a cool touchdown dance. And uh, well, yeah, maybe we need ma- to improve on that. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You need to. You need to have something where like everybody on the offense points to their watch, their their wrist watch, right? So like yeah, everybody yeah, knows. Yeah. And then you look up in the crowd, and the entire crowd, which is I know it's growing at Levi's, you're starting to get a good home crowd. Everybody starts pointing to their wrist. Everybody knows it's selling time. See? That would be awesome. That Cra- would be awesome. Crowd participation would be that would be great because so oftentimes it's a bunch of you guys doing it down there like now everybody knows excelic time you catch it and you'd be like what time is it and everybody points their watch it's selic time there you go see what we just did garrett selick merry christmas dude congrats on the success merry christmas. all right that's thank like, you i appreciate it garrett selick joining us be sure to catch live editions of the doug gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on fox sports radio and the iHeartRadio app Blake Bortles' last three games completing 71.4% of his passes, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So the question is, like, what does he have to do to make you believe? And I think it's interesting that we, we, is it fair to say, hey, if they get behind the playoffs, I don't think Blake Bortles can bring them back. Sure. But what you have to, you have to understand is you're changing the bar, where you, where you set the bar at, Right. This is like, well, you know, to qualify for states, you got to high jump five feet. And then dude high jumps five feet without even trying. Like, no, 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 no. We said six six feet, six inches. Like, wait, what? Because that's what we've done to Blake Bortles. Like, I don't think anybody thought Blake Bortles was a great quarterback coming the season. But before the season, people didn't even think he was a good quarterback. It was anybody but Blake Bortles. They should sign Kaepernick in the preseason. Chad Henney should start in the preseason. Like, do you remember how bad Blake Bortles was in the preseason? So I like I I think it's really important. I think context is is just interesting. I just do. And this is a guy that was struggling to throw strikes in the preseason. 
He was erratic. He threw to nobody. He seemed lost in the offense. And like, oh boy, they got a problem, right? Their first game of the year, they beat the Houston Texans 29-7. to You know how many yards he threw for? 125 yards. E- 11 of 21. Then they lose to Tennessee, 37-16. He throws two interceptions. Then he plays great against Baltimore. He throws for 145, 15 of, of 35 against the Jets, and they're 2-2. Two and two. They were 3-3. Three and three. When they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, he only threw the ball 14 times the entire game, 95 yards. So if your thing is, hey, I still don't believe that Blake Bortles is a great quarterback, you're more than entitled to that opinion. That's a fair opinion to have. If you don't think he's an above-average quarterback, you're entitled to that opinion. There's not, I, I cannot say that you are absolutely wrong. What I can tell you is that there were people that thought Blake Bortles at some point was going to go line up over the guard and try and take a snap there because he was so lost at quarterback. And you know what? To those people, he's proving you wrong. He's not terrible. He's fine. He's fine. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.